Our guest today has sold over 500 million books and has over 300 bestsellers to his name. This is one of the authors of Chicken Soup for the Soul. You're going to want to listen to today's episode. Welcome to Seek Go Create, redefine success in leadership, business, and ministry. We have been having so much fun. Before we get to our interview this week, I just want to tell everyone what a great month this has been. We have been celebrating our one-year anniversary at Seek Go Create. We've been doing all kinds of things. We have been celebrating you, the listener that has helped us get to where we are today. And we just want to give back to you. And what we're doing is we're giving away t-shirts and mugs and and we're giving away other things. Just we're, we're just having a celebration and we're celebrating all that has happened in the last year. The only thing you need to do, just one simple thing, is go to SeekGoCreate.com. That's SeekGoCreate.com. And at the very top, there's a bar up top. Put in your best email address and you'll be eligible for prizes, for giveaways. And you'll be kept to date on all of our bonus materials and all of the things that we're doing for the anniversary, the celebration of the one year of Seat Go Create, and you'll be kept up to date on all the future things that we're doing also. So go ahead and do that now, and let's go ahead and get started with this week's interview. Today we have as our guest some superstars. I consider them superstars. Uh, we have Mark Victor Hansen. He's the co-author of the wildly successful Chicken Soup for the Soul book series and his wife, entrepreneur, business strategist, Crystal Dwyer Hansen. Mark and Crystal, welcome to the Seat Go Create podcast. We are elated to be with you and everybody. I hope you're talking to everybody in the RV land because RVs are going crazy in America. And until we talk to you, Tim, it never dawned on me that it's a whole, you know, I wrote a book. I've written 309 bestsellers and sold a half million books. And one of them is how to grow rich in your niche with the world's greatest marketer, arguably Jay Abraham. And uh, I promise you, Jay and I did not see RVs. It's a specialty market, and if you're not doing that, you need to. Yeah, there. I think there are people probably in RV land listening. You know, it is a. I, I called it when we got started. It's a. It's a culture, and and obviously, cult is a a subword of culture. There are more people out doing it before the pandemic than most people are aware. And of course, we know people are doing it now. But listen, we'll, we'll have that conversation another time. My first question I love to ask, and I'm going to I want each of you to just give me your quick pitch. We bump into each other and I might even let Crystal start. What do you do? What is your you know, if I say, hey, what do you do? What do you tell me? Well, I am a transformational and wellness coach, and my work is all about helping people find the best version of themselves and what that really means more than anything is not trying to find what you need to add to yourself it's mostly about getting rid of your old baggage and what i call messy thinking that's holding you back 
from all of that inner greatness that we all have inside of us. Yeah, that's excellent. That's good. I'd love to dig down more, but Mark, jump into you. What do you do? What I do is I write best-selling books to transform people into fulfilling their destiny. And each and every one of us has a genius hidden inside, genius talent, genius skills, genius abilities. And when I was in graduate school with Buckminster Fuller, arguably the smartest guy of the last century and Einstein's best student, he said, we get unplugged from that genius. And I'm trying to plug everyone back in to their own brilliance. And they said, well, I have people say, you didn't really sell a half billion books. I said, no, I did. You didn't. You know, and it's, it sounds unbelievable, but I mean, the numbers are the numbers, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I've got so many questions about a number of things because I want to ask a little bit about that that chicken soup business model. I've always been fascinated by not necessarily the books, I, even though I, I dig those, but the business model is cool. I think our, our listeners would love to hear about that. Right. But, but you guys have a new book. And I think what I'm gonna tease people with is that we're gonna talk about the new book towards the end to make people stick with us. So, uh, but there's first something, there's something that intrigued me from a video that I saw. And I think it was maybe eight or 10 years ago and it was something that you said, Mark, that you were going to live to 127. And I think you referenced Singularity by Kurzweil. And my wife, my wife and I have always spoken that we're going to live to 125 so that we could celebrate our 100th wedding anniversary together. So tell me more about that. Is that something you're still, uh, was it a flippant thing or is it, is that, are you intentional about that? Uh, totally intentional. There's nothing flip about it. I mean, because you're a Bible scholar, and, and as you know, I, I wrote a chicken soup of the soul Bible when they said, my publisher said, you can't do that. Nobody will buy your Bible. We sold 70,000 a week at Walmart. So I'm proud to say that I did little stories that got people in the big stories. We did a purple cover on. I don't have one in this office, but I've got it in my other office right across the way, but I can get it if you need to see it. But the bottom line is, Genesis uh, 6.3 says, thou shalt live to be 120 years. Now, Moses, of course, had four segments to his life. I mean, you and I could discuss all that, but with 120 years and his eye was not weak, nor his breath faded, nor any guile mm -hmm. upon or his mouth is what the line says. And so I said, look, I get goosebumps telling you that. So I, I believe the next thing, and Habakkuk says, write a thing, make it clear, it'll be established on you. I wrote down, I'm going to live to be 127 with options for renewal, and we're going to live together in joyous, blissful harmony, which we have, which we can talk to if you want. And, and the point is, is that you get what you intend. And if you have a high quality of life, then you want a high quantity of life. Now, if you don't take care of your health, don't do good nutraceuticals, don't exercise every day, of course, you're going to have a crappy life. You're going to have diabetes and you're going to not live long and prosper. But we're living long, prospering, and, and we're in an exalted state of mind that we love and enjoy other people. And we're trying to get everybody to understand John 10, 10, you've come to live and have life more, you know the line, what's Abundant, the line? Abundantly, yes. Yes, sir. Okay, yeah. with that, I'll pass it to my beloved, beautiful, wonderful Yeah, because well, what I'd love to hear, Crystal, because I know you've got the health and wellness and uh, both mental and physical. Uh, so so piggyback off what he said, but, but I'd love to hear you go deeper into just the health piece of it. Right, so what I teach my clients is that you can't have a shift in your wellness, health, or weight until you have a, well, a permanent shift, until you have a permanent shift in your mind. Okay, because everything starts with the mind. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times, Tim, people come to me and they start talking about all of the flaws in their body. They start talking about bad genes or how they can't do this or can't do that. And when you speak those words, you're affirming those things to yourself. 
And so we start, I say um, in my program, and I, I created an, a whole program called the Skinny Life, the secret to physical, emotional, and spiritual fitness. And I say, throw away your scales, stop counting calories. That doesn't work anyway. And I say, I want you to learn to love foods more than ever, but love the foods that love you back. And make it your business to know that. You know, most people with all of this information around us, most people are choosing to live in ignorance. There is a ton of information you can just go to your computer and get that'll tell you all of these amazing foods that God put on this earth that sustain our health and promote this beautiful health, strength, energy, well-being, and wellness. And um, all we have to do is love ourselves enough to be willing to take that time and do that investigation so we can do the best things for ourselves. Because what I find with my clients is, you know, no matter what kind of success you're having, if you're not, if you're not physically healthy, if you're not physically fit, it just kind of dims your light a little bit, you know, and, and I know a lot of my clients have secret fears about that. You know, they detest their bodies and they detest the way they look. And, and I say, you have to start by falling in love with yourself again and, and loving this body, which is really your temple. It is, this body is the only temple you have on this earth to express this soul and spirit you were given. So how important is that? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I mean, listen, from a mental standpoint, what we know is that our culture, our society has programmed people to 65, you're done. And, and, and listen, let's just go ahead and call it like it is. That's a lie. And, and we know that. And that's what you guys are saying. I do want to, I'd, I'd love, and maybe either one of you can answer this. Um, people that are high performers, people that are achievers, I love to ask them for one or two practical health tips, either, either, either diet or, you know, I like to, I like to do intermittent fasting. I found that my body responds well to it. Uh, I don't do hardcore weights anymore. I just like to walk and do some, you know, some, some lower type thing, but both of you give one or two, because I also think it's individual and unless Crystal, you say, no, everybody needs to do this, then okay. But each one of you give, give like a tip or two for health longevity, um, from a physical standpoint, and then we'll move along. Yeah. First of all, it's fascinating that you asked that. And everybody we know that's high performing really does exercise every day. Like our friend that uh, has made 50 Academy Awards, and we put him in our book apps, uh, Peter Goober, and he owns a little sports team or two, one called the Dodgers, another calls the <clears throat> Golden State Warriors. And, and so, but we arrive at his house. I won't go into any of that except to say that it was like 9.30 at night on Saturday night and in, in Kauai, Hawaii, his third home. And the guy says, suit up. And I said, what are we, I thought, I didn't bring a tux. I, I'm here in Aloha shirt. He said, no, no, no. Peter wants you in the gym in five minutes. And, be ex- and, and he exercised twice a day and he's 80 and looks 40. Yeah. And what he says is, is that's the mountain of youth. So the only other thing I want to subset of what you said is it can be resistance training with bands, but you've got to do it. Otherwise, your internal, you look great to me on, on this video, but your internal strength, your bone structure, got to have resistance. Resistance is what, the thing that allows, resist is what allows us to physically persist. My love? Yeah, and I, I just, I agree with everything Mark said, Tim, about um, physical exercise. I mean, you have to get your body moving. You have to build up your endurance. You make a stronger body by using your body. So just get moving. And it almost, I tell my clients, do what you love because you're not going to stick with something that you hate, right? 
If you love ice skating, go do it. If you love hiking, go do it. If you love chasing your kids, chase them more, but get your body moving. We were made to move, not be sedentary. And that, I mean, it creates more mental acuity. It does all kinds of things for our body. And this, and we do believe that the, the strengthening is important. It doesn't require really heavy weight because you can actually injure yourself. Um, but, but the resistance is really important. But I think one of the key things also is um, try to avoid the, the toxic chemicals as much as possible. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is a big difference. And if people really research this, there's a huge difference between a normal steak that you get, you know, uh, top grade Angus beef and a grass, you know, a, 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 a grass raised piece of beef. It's actually a different food product altogether. If you get a hormone pumped piece of meat versus a, you know, antibiotic free, hormone free, grass-fed beef, organic. organic, those two things, they're, they're really different products. So really watch what you're eating, you know, the chemicals that go into the, produ the production of food. Food is so massively produced. And, you know, I grew up in a really unusual situation where my mom did these huge organic gardens that we all had to work in until we couldn't go play until we weeded and picked. And, and uh, I thought I was so picked on, but I'm really thankful for, the, for this, you know, legacy she, she gave us. And she's she was doing uh juice cleanses before they were chic and as it turns out all of those things were right i mean she had a grand mal seizure when she was pregnant with me which it's a long story but it led her to i can tell you the whole thing if you're interested but it was an interesting story she it led her to taking us to this um naturopathic doctor who was a naturopathic chiropractic physician that my grandmother discovered after the neurologist told her to take these this prescription that scared her because she was pregnant with me my grandmother wouldn't let her take the prescription she took her to this guy instead he he became our family doctor really mm. so she raised nine children with like i don't remember ever taking an antibiotic you know if you got sick mom would come down with um fresh squeezed lemonade and raw honey in it and that's what you did and, and, you know, we were so healthy. All of us are still so healthy. So there are nine of them. really something wow. to that, wow. you know, living natural as close to the as close to the farm as you can. Yeah. Really. And in the current times we're in, you know, my wife and I were driving around and it, this was kind of early on in 2020 when, you know, the, the, the world was shutting down for pandemic reasons. And I looked over at her and we've we've always pursued those health, a lot of the health items you're talking about. We, we plan to live the 125 like you guys were talking about. And uh, because we feel we were promised that and that's very intentional, we wanna do that. But we looked at each other and we said, above all else, what I am learning from this situation is how critical our personal immune systems are and how we have got to take responsibility for our immunity agree agree i hope everybody listening i hope you've got your inner and outer ear listening to our friend tim because it's up to you to stay with a strong immune system because this thing about covid there's five disasters not one which we talked to but let's just talk to what he's talking about immune system is it it isn't a 70 year old that's in danger i'm a 72 year young i call myself young don't miss don't besmirch God in you by calling yourself old and feeble and stupid and, and uh, ill-nourished. So that's number one. Number two is biological. Have you taken care of your biologicals? And if you got diabetes, get rid of it. I mean, there's lots of ways to do that nowadays. And, and, and we're hanging out with both the allopathic and the functional docs and all that that can do it. And then number three is what really keeps people well based on everything we found 
is what is your attitudinal age? And my attitudinal age is about 28. Yeah. And and that is the amazing thing here because that what based the other thing that Crystal didn't say is it gets your inner uppers, your endorphins going. And and I did a whole book, Chicken Soup for the Surviving Soul, How to Be Cancer. And the first story is by Norman Cousins that he got rid of cancer by just laughing his way well. And he was my teacher, Dr. Buckminster Fuller's best friend in the universe. So it's fascinating what you can do if you think right, talk right, act right, live right, and eat right and exercise right. How's that? Yeah, I want to ask, uh, there's a name, you brought it up twice already, and I actually had written it down, and that is Buckminster Fuller. In my opinion, I, I agree with you. A genius, there's evidence of his genius all around people that they don't even know about when they walk in Epcot. They don't even know when they walk in Epcot the the influence that he had right there in the geodesic dome that's right there can you for the audience just give a brief overview of who he was and his significance mark because i don't think the generation today knows really who buckminster fuller was can you do that for us yeah i'll abbreviate it but bucky fuller was a genius in a great line his great great grandfather was ralph waldo emerson the guy who created stuff at uh, the divinity school at harvard bucky got to go to harvard ultimately got 15 different doctorates at harvard in cosmogony cosmology physics um epistemology cartography uh charles elliott norton professor but the best thing is that he partnered with einstein to do just wonderful thing and you see the out picture which is a five minute story too long for today but a beautiful mind done by you know our a great friend and movie producer but the point is bucky decided that he was a human guinea pig. And what happened is his four-year-old daughter, Allegra, uh, died and, and when he was at the Yale-Harvard game. And, and I get goosebumps telling you this. He was at the end of his life, and he thought, he said, I'm going to dive in here to Michigan. He was in Illinois at the time. And said, number one, it's, is there a God which fits this show? And he said, yeah. The definition, he said, there's an a priori intelligence in the universe. A priori means before reason. There's a causeless cause, a God. Okay. Number two is, it, do I have a purpose in the universe? Which each of us has to ask that question. This is like critical, seminal thinking for each of us, which is why we wrote Ask. But when he asked himself that question, he says, I'm here to make 100% of humanity physically and economically successful. Now, he wrote 40 books, and I'd ask you to read, uh, I seem to be a verb if you could, or Utopia or Oblivion, which is really a positive right now, because we can go to Utopia, but everything thinks we're going to Oblivion, which is, is tragic and and uh then you know the other thing is that what he did was he invented all these glorious things like geodesic domes spherical buildings made out of triangles aka what walt disney was smart enough to put there at, at that great exhibit which i hope everybody visits when they go to orlando but he built the dimaxian car which is running three wheels parks and own space could run an alcohol ethanol methanol because he saw that we we're going to have a problem and we can't keep using 200 million year old fossil fuels which we still need to preserve, even though we got more than we've ever, because we now know how to go deeper. We know how to frack. We knew how to do a lot of things Bucky couldn't see yeah. 50 years ago. He was 71, I was 21, researching and working for him for seven years. I memorized all this stuff, learned his stuff, taught his stuff as a university professor, and now I'm, I'm living it to make the world work for 100% of humanity. I, and I know that's probably too long. No, that's <laughs> excellent, because what I think people will pick up on is is the passion that you have about someone 
that they need to go do some more research because because I don't think you could in really encapsulate. I mean, one of the coolest things you said was he partnered with Einstein. If someone doesn't take that one sentence and want to do more research, they probably shouldn't be listening in to this podcast, truthfully. I mean, I hate to say it that way, but would you agree with that? I mean, if... <laughs> I, I, yeah, it, 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 Bucky wrote this book called um, Mrs. Jones Meets equals MC square wrote it and he went to the publishers and he graduated head of his class at Harvard as a doctor and, and they said, look, Bubba, there's 11 people that understand Albert Einstein's work and your name ain't on the list. So he said, well, there's one guy that knows. He says, well, who's that? He says, Dr. Einstein. So three weeks later, he gets a call from Princeton and says, young man, you absolutely amazed me. And that's how he talked. So he says, come over here to Princeton. Long story is way too long. And, and another time, hopefully you'll have us yes. back and people will be interested in hearing the rest of the, the, rest, the story a la story. Paul I think, Harvey. I think, <laughs> I, think we, I think we whetted the appetite enough on Buck, Mr. Fuller. So we'll, we'll leave that at that. All right. One of the things that I love to do when I have a couple, and especially a couple that there's a description of the marriage I read where Mark said Crystal is his wife, best friend, and partner. I love hearing those things. I'm, I'm over 31 years with my wife, Glory, G-L-O-R-I. We say when you've been around her, you've been glorified, by the way, just so you know. You'll remember her name. Crystallized. Yes. So, so what I would love to do, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna let this bounce between the two of you, and then we're gonna dive into some book conversation. I would like for each of you to discuss the role you have in the partnership and I even want to allow a little bit of you to edify the other with the role that they have. And we're going to bounce back and forth and then we're going to start talking books. How about that? I'm just going to let, yep. let y'all go with it. Yep. So um, I, I think the role I have for Mark is really um, seeing him at his best. Um, we both were married before and so we both come from experience of marriage. And so I think the most important thing is that he is such a good man. I mean, truly a good, good man at so many levels. And I think for me, it was easy for me to see his goodness, um, you know, and focus on all of those things. I mean, obviously none of us are perfect, um, but he is pretty amazing. <laughs> he's pretty close to being a perfect husband. And I mean that, I mean, he is, he's amazing. He, as far as his role for me, he, has been magnificent at allowing me to be everything I could be, everything I'm supposed to be. Let me express all that I got made me for, all that I want to express. And so I'm just really grateful for this relationship. And he and I have, you know, this frame of reference from having a di very different experience yeah. from before. And so I think it makes each of us extremely grateful and extremely aware that things can be very different and how special and um, what a great blessing we are to each other. Yeah, that's good. One quick thing, Mark, and then, then to you. I think the day that we use, that we lose the gratefulness for that partner is the day that we're going to places that we don't really want to go. You use that word grateful and that's beautiful. All right, Mark, your turn. That's right, because the day that happens, uh, invitation transforms into temptation. Yes. So 
What's true for me is before I met her, because I'd had a tragic earlier experience, I wrote down 267 things I wanted, virtues, values, qualities, characteristics. I thought, honestly, that it was going to be unachievable. I never told her until after we got married and showed her the list, and we printed it in the 20th anniversary issue of uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul, our 20th anniversary. It's the first story. It's called The Perfect Love Story. And because the goal for me was not only a soulmate, but then, you know, if you light two candles, it comes together fourfold. It's called synergy. It is a soulmate that becomes a twin flame relationship. We can echo each other. But those values and virtues, because most people, when you're young, you know, I just want a really good looking hot woman or I want a handsome, tall, dark, handsome man. Or, all too superficial, yeah. too thin. Right. And, and what happens is she was, and I say, when you hit one of your goals, you don't cross out like milk, eggs and butter. You write down victory in purple, God's highest color, top of the electromagnetic spectrum and all that. So she was 267 out of 267. So I hit bingo, so to speak. And I am, I am unequivocally the most grateful man on the planet. And I, I want that for everybody else because there's, I believe everyone had, there's 8 billion of us alive. And essentially, there's four billion and four billion. So, if you aren't in a relationship, there's somebody out there that's probably that perfect one. And I knew that she had to have kids, so our kids had to get along. I knew that she'd better have her own business because I didn't want her marrying me for my money. I knew that, you know, we both going to be monogamous forever and ever. I mean, it's just all those kind of stuff. You know, that you can go back and read it in that book that I told you about. But it is it is possible that everyone could get to their idyllic relationship. And then what she said is then the unfoldment of the human soul only in a pair bonded relationship, it seems to me, is the way to do it. You can't, one is a lonely number, as the song says. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. That is, um, that is, that is excellent. And one of the 267, good gracious, you know. Um, so that's pretty, Crystal, that is very impressive. And to write all that down, Mark, that's something right there. I tell you that you were setting a high bar. So, so everybody, if you want and you're single, you know, write down what you want and then send me a copy of it because I, I've always wanted to do a book with everybody who's different. And we, we just had a bunch of people send them in, but I'll just tell you about one of our dear friends, Mitzi Purdue, and she just sent in everything she wanted. And she's a widower and she's a senior a little bit. But the point is, Everybody knows what they want in their heart of hearts and they need to deploy it on paper. Right, right. Write it down. That's good. That's good. Very good. What is, um, gosh, yeah, I, I so love talking success in marriage because in my opinion, I think I, you guys probably have similar, if you're successful and sell a bunch of books and do things, but yet you don't have this team that I'm looking at right here together, then I'm not sure it's as valuable. So, okay, one more quick question for each one of you. Y'all were successful before you came together. What is one thing that the other allowed you to move to another level? In other words, Crystal, when you came together with Mark, something that he moved you up a notch or two, and Mark, same question for you that Crystal brought. We know, you, we know she's got 267, but maybe just one thing that made you better and a more success, Crystal? I think one of the things that's been so special to me is to for the two of us to feel very comfortable always exploring our spiritual journey together. We have a tremendous amount of spiritual intimacy 
Um, and, and I would say in my other marriage, you know, we went to church and, but we didn't have spiritual intimacy. We didn't, you know, we didn't have this ability to talk about these things that matter more than anything and to do our prayer and meditation together. And Mark and I do that every day together. We have like our first hour of the day is that time together where we pray and meditate, talk about what our goals are, ask the questions that we, we need to ask to get clarity. And then really that praying out loud together, meditating together. And so that I think keeps us extremely bonded and keeps, you know, when you have that spiritual intimacy, it's a whole different level of intimacy. Yeah, good. Mark? One. I just hit back on what you said. When we were falling in love, we were sitting at in Costa Mesa yeah. at Mother's Market, and there's a sweetheart of a, a mature man of the cloth. There's no question. He was wearing the right warm and all that. He was obviously somewhere in his senior 80, 90-year-old, and he couldn't resist seeing how much we were in love. I, I hope you don't mind my saying it to him. He leaned in and said, can I talk to you? And I said, yeah. I mean, I was interested in her. I wasn't interested in him particularly, but he said, well, look, I've been head of Billy Graham Ministries, and if you don't mind, I want to tell you the one thing that keeps people in love forever. I said, boy, do I want to know that one thing? I mean, this is one of the goals right here. So I said, what is it? He said, you pray out loud together every day. Now, you just heard Crystal say how we do it in the morning and at night before we go to sleep. And, and, you know, at some levels, she never did that out loud. She did it at church. She did it in a group, but never Self. spousally. And so we said, wow, what a, you know, we said, well, let's embrace it. If that's the one thing, yeah. you know, I mean, we all saw City Slicker. It's one thing, right? Yeah, we've all repeated that in trainings and seminars and everything. What's the one thing, which, what a great line there. Thank you both for sharing that. That actually, to me, has as much value in today's world as anything that any of us can do. So thank you for that. You know, Mark, one thing that, uh, I, this was something, I can't even remember, I was doing some research on you guys and I heard you talk about your mother being a storyteller, which I think is a great backdrop for someone who has over 300 plus, 309, I think you said, uh, you know, bestseller books and just a real, I don't know if I could do this quick, what influence did that have? It's hard to really ask for the influence that a mother has and tell somebody to do it quick. But but I want to talk about your other books before we kind of get. So talk about. I just I do it in a sentence and say that mom was an extraordinary, articulate, eloquent. We would go on a vacation. She'd come back and I'd sit and while she was on the phone. I thought, wow, she went on a better vacation than we did. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she she could wax on poetically, and I said someday I want to have that great talent and, and you know she sort of told me you've already got it just it, it, master it and obviously having done seven thousand talks around the world with something like seven million live people in 80 countries i think i've sort of done it and we're not done we, we see bigger things in front of us than anything we've done before because the world is in more need now and the greatest amongst you is servant of all that's why we say for our money, I wrote a book with Art Linkler that you don't retire from something to nothing. You retire. You put on new tires and go in a new direction. And we got a ton of new directions that are hitting because everyone has got to re-pivot, rethink. And that's why we actually wrote this book, Ask, The Bridge from Your Dreams to Destiny, because everyone has a destiny that's great and they got to go to work. Yeah, absolutely. This is such a, a time of reset for people. And regardless of where people have come from, what they've done up to this point, 
everyone has the opportunity to almost start fresh. I think the entire world is going through a reset. Uh, and, and so we've got that opportunity. All right. I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask just a couple of questions about the, uh, I call it the chicken soup model, just so you know, I'm a business guy and I was just fascinated. Um, at, this is a real funny aside. I've always been impressed with people that can create systems that allow others to participate in. And, and one quick joke about it is, is Jeff Foxworthy started these, you might be a redneck if jokes. And he later said, he's a Georgia Tech guy, engineer, kind of like me too. So he later said that he would go places and people would constantly be giving him jokes. So he didn't have to do any new material. Now, I know you guys created new material, but to me, it's almost as if you, you perpetuated or started something that things funnel to you. Am I correct or incorrect on that, that you just had an abundance, let's use that word again, of content to pull from? You are correct. And what really happened is once we did the story, what I, we said in every seminar, Jack and I were doing 250 talks a year. Every one of you has got a story and we want you to send it to us, but you got to do it. And what we discovered is that most people can't tell a story, unfortunately. Only mm. we had to read a thousand to find one that had strength. And then, you know, I would be the front end guy and I had to rewrite it. And Jack says, how do you always know how to put it back together? I said, look, you got gifts. You're the inside guy. I'm the outside guy. I'll figure out how to do this. And, and so, we, so the answer is, yeah, we got 5,000 stories a day, but only five of them were any any good. Not, not that the people didn't have good stories, they just didn't know how to tell it. And I had, didn't have time to rewrite, uh, you know, trash. I had to take something that was close and make it, it molded into a masterpiece and rewrite it. And then we had to send it back to them a couple of times and get permissions. And it was great fun. And, and yeah, I live in this story. Crystal, and I think, and she'll talk to that, what, why it's a metaphor for our lives and that why it's critically important. So the answer to the second part of the question is system and I've reacronymed it means save yourself time, energy, and money. And Bucky was a, a lot of things, but one of them was a systems theorist. We studied, I can give you all the names, but they're too esoteric. But every system is inside and outside. And like when I decided to license chicken soup, I said, Jack, look, we're outside, but I'll, in a year I'll master this. And, and we did a billion dollars with the licensing because I said I'd master it and did it. Yeah. So, so one other question I have, this is my business type mindset. I know how partnerships can be incredibly awesome and they can be challenging. And when all of a sudden you're partnering with someone, I'm not going to ask for any dirty stuff or anything like that. I just want to know maybe some, 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 some things you can tell us about partnership when all of a sudden you've got something that's taken off 500 million copies plus um you know you've got strong personality so can you give some tips on working with with someone when egos can kind of really get rolling and i'm sure that you're a humble guy and jack is and y'all are crystal's about to say something here go you know i'm gonna let her do it because she's been observing all this and she is the master well no i just want to be sensitive i think what you shared with me is you know probably one of the frustrating things between the two of you is Jack's desire to do all of these books on little topics that you didn't, because you're the marketing guy. I think talking about that would be important. So, so what happens is we started with one book and then it got so successful, we did two in a year and then four in a year, and he wanted to go to 12 because our publisher had an omnivorous uh, sense to him. I, I, that's the nicest way I they, could say They it. just want more. They just want more. Uh, yeah, at, at first, they don't want a book every two years. And then all of a sudden, you wanted to do everything you could do. 
and, and Jack, God bless him, went to Harvard and, and all of us, and we were on the cover of the Harvard Lampoon. We got Lampoon that's called, how do you have chicken poop in your bowl? And, and our lawyer said, you want to sue him? I said, no, 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 this is an honor. This is, this is gratitude. You got, if somebody's, you know, needling you, it's out of love and respect. And, and so all of a sudden, everybody at Harvard came to us, and, and I won't name any names or any titles, but some of them were just thoroughly didn't get what we said. Look, there's seven parts to our model. Jack and I spent three years figuring out a model. First, it's got to cause instantaneous behavioral change. Second, it's got to cause God bumps, chili bumps, goosebumps. Third, you know, and then I can go through all of them. But the point is, they some guys are so thick, they, they don't understand because I'm a macro thinker. I said, look, we're trying to do a world audience here and the story has to be have universal appeal. It's got to be archetypal and you guys are not quite getting it. Like Jeff Foxworthy is universal. I mean, <laughs> you know, you might be a red there. Well, he's from, so any other insights, Crystal, on that? Because you, you kind of, you were around it and you stepped into it. So what, what was, what was your thoughts on uh, just looking at that, that structure from the outside and then yeah, the inside? Yeah, I, I know that uh, from knowing the roles now, and I came in kind of after they had their their big explosion and success, but I know enough, and I know so many of the people involved, but Mark was really sort of the marketing out in the world side of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Mark was the one who absolutely believed unfailingly that this was going to work. I know that Jack had a tremendous amount of doubt in the beginning, and it was scary for him. And that's not to say he's good or bad, it's just the way it was in the beginning. And Mark, at one point, you know, Jack was afraid they weren't even going to sell 10,000 books. And Mark said, get behind me because I'm going to sell a million. <laughs> and so, you know, off they went. And, and yeah, Mark just has this really bold persistence um, that we talk about in our new book, Ask, because that is part of the magic that creates success. And that's why we felt the need to write a whole book on asking because <laughs> he's a bold asker. Yeah, and so let's go ahead and let's start moving into the discussion of this because first of all, everything, if we were to break down most of what we've discussed during this time together, it fits under that area of ask. <laughs> I mean, everything we've talked about, I mean, you know, you, I've, I've been asking all along the way. Now, one of the things, and I hate to say I'm disappointed in this, I actually did not get to get a copy and preview it. So I'm going to have to have y'all tell me. Or have us back twice. There we go. Because I, I actually love to read through the book. So first of all, give us, one of you tell us why you wrote the book. I always like to know why. And then we'll break it down as much as we can in the last few minutes that we have before we have to uh, finish up. So why write this book? So we wrote Ask because um, we realized that people who seem to achieve massive success um, and those who don't seem to be able to grasp their success the way they want, there's not much difference in terms of their talent, their likability, you know, all of these, these special gifts that they have. So we, we started questioning, what is the thing? What is that one thing, like we were talking about, if we could reduce it to one thing? And what we realized, it's the ability to be a bold asker, to ask for what you want. Because through that asking process, first of all, you identify what you want, then you're able to go after what you want, and, and then you're able, to, you're able to align what you want with a higher purpose. So we, we said there are three channels through which to ask, and those are 
ask yourself, ask others, and ask God. And we found that each of those channels are equally important to, you know, employ in your life so that you can become what we call a master asker. Mm, that's excellent. So, so this, this book, it released, I, I did a quick glance and I think it released like the end of April. Is that correct? Right in the middle of the pandemic. So was that timing good? Was it not so good? Is it hard to tell? Do we know? <laughs> well, you know, so our, we talked about it because a lot of books were getting pushed forward to the fall. And we had a meeting with our with our publisher and we all just decided, you know what? People need this book now more than ever. We're not going to get the benefit of being in those stores that report to the New York Times and all that. But that's OK. There'll be opportunities as we go on to, to do that later. But the most important thing is to get out there now with the book. And I'll tell you, the, the responses we're getting to them are just remarkable. I mean, the other day, I mean, it's selling well. We're getting on a lot of podcasts and people, here's the thing, it's getting rave reviews. People are writing to us. I was laughing to Mark the other day because he's like, what are you doing, honey? And I said, I just got sucked into, I read like 120 letters from people or notes that talked about how much the book meant to them. And how much, you know, the understanding that people who had seen this on podcasts and then got, gotten the book and things like that. So to me, I mean, it was really, I got sucked into it. I didn't have any time to do that, but I did it anyway because my heart was so touched that, you know, that each one of these people is a real person that might be struggling with something right now. And so we're, we're just really grateful that we did it. We released it then because it's helping people now when they need it the most. And like you were saying, right now is the time we need to sit down and start that asking journey because a lot of us don't have any answers, but we certainly have a lot of questions. And those questions will reveal to us the solutions, the illuminations, the plans, um, and the awakenings that we need at this particular time. Yeah, that's good. So uh, I actually just finished writing a novel and it's my first novel interestingly enough i'm an engineer and business coach and i wrote a novel it's in the augmentino genre by the way kind of a greatest salesman type thing i'll i'll follow up you with you guys best friends early on. yeah man i saw him speak when i was when younger anyway but my my question is more of a maybe a logistical question when you're working on a book together uh, who put the most words down? Who, how, how does that work? Did y'all bounce it back and forth? Did y'all take sections? Just curious it, about it, that. It was crazy because we didn't know how it was going to work. This is our first book co-written and we're like, oh, how's this going to work? Mark just goes after his, his sort of stuff. I would go after mine. We'd put it together. I'm more of the editor. I'm more of the organizer putting it together so it makes sense and filling in, you know, the uh, blanks, so to speak but it has a tremendous amount of content from both of us and and it was really such an amazing experience it, it went so much more smoothly than we thought and we we interviewed 26 people for this book wow. and we have some of the most amazing stories of people's real life experience we have ordinary people who have just you know come to extraordinary um breakthroughs through asking and then we just we have billionaires who have shared with us their asking journey and how it was the process of asking and really breaking that down and how that took them from, you know, where they started, which is usually a very humble place to where they are today. And um, 
Yeah, so the book is just, somebody told us the other day, it was a podcast, we were on the podcaster said, this is like the Swiss army knife, the architectural plans and the, what, what was the other thing that he said up there, of how to live your life. It's, he's like, I mean, those are the kind of reviews we're getting. Um, so we're, mean, we're super excited. With yeah. your permission, I'll hitchhike in it and say, we we're on one guy's interview twice, like we hope to be on yours. And Scott Carson said, okay, everybody, I, anybody that knows anyone that's depressed, despondent, disconsolate, or suicidal, I want you to go and buy 10 of Mark and Crystal's book, Ask, The Bridge from Your Dream to Death Thing, and give them. And you'll be amazed at the response you get. And it just went ballistic for us, so we're thankful. And then the other thing we've got is that we created a book club called Ask, <clears throat> thebookclub.com, which you know we want people to attend, and it's a gift of, from us to you. And we want to create, like she just said, masters of asking. Yeah, that's excellent. So we, a couple of questions as we wrap up, but this is kind of like my, I'll call it the exclamation point question. With all that is going on in the world, are there some questions that we need to be asking right now? And I know, I know it's individual, but are there some questions that all of us should be asking yeah, are you, so Tim, do you mean collectively, like as a society or individually? Yeah, either I or, mean, either or, I'll let you take it however you would like to, individually, collectively. I mean, to me, if yeah. you write a book called Ask, I'd love to know what, what you think maybe in general or specific, whatever, whatever you think, just right. as, we, as we wrap yeah. up here. Well, I, I'm going to start with that ask yourself part because, you know, um, under that ask yourself, we say, there are three main questions to ask you know yourself and i think everyone needs to do this right now where am i right now where am i what's what and and all the sub questions am i happy with what i've been doing uh do i have a clear idea of where i want to go all these things where am i right now and the second you know master question is where do i want to be a lot of us don't really have any clarity on what we actually want we've been on the hamster wheel for so long so where do I want to be? This is a time to ask that question. Where do I really want to be? Where have I been? Where am I now? And where do I want to be? And the final question in that would be, what specific action do I need to take to get there? Yeah, those are good. So, and we could probably keep going, but I know we're up against a hard stop. So what I'd love to ask, ask now is, how can people connect with you and how can they get a hold of this book? We'll include all that in the notes, but go ahead and cool. let us know. Yeah, so the book's on Amazon.com, best place to get it because of all the craziness with the bookstores. But yeah, Amazon.com right now. And please, if you get the book, make sure you go to askthebookclub.com and let us know you got the book. And uh, we'll invite you to uh, the book club discussion because that's going to be a lot of fun. It's free. It's going to be just a private group book, book club discussion. Um, and then you can reach out to me. I'm at crystalvisionlife.com. I have a free resource on my website. It's a, it's an audio called guided visualization audio called purge messy thinking, which is really important for all of us to do right now, especially. Um, then of course, Mark's at markvictorhanson.com. He has a couple of free resources on yeah. his. He's got a book called. Uh, you I have think. a book in you that, and then that, and we do a video on how everyone needs to write their own book. And then. Yeah. The free book we're giving, as she said, is how to be up in down times because we're stuck in these times for a while, I think. Yeah, I believe so, too. That is great. Well, I highly recommend 
that everyone, and I'll go ahead and say, get multiple copies of this and get it out to people and right. so that we can get this message out. The title of this podcast is Seek, Go, Create. I would like each one of you to just do, give a real quick, which one of those words jumps out at you and why? Final question here. The one for me totally is seek because I'm on the seeker. I'm always seeking. I'm always looking for the answers, which is why I love this book because I'm always asking and I'm always asking, you know, God, especially, you know, I think my favorite question for God every day is, will you show me how to be the best expression for which you made me, you know, because that's everything. I, I don't have to be everything in the world. I just need to be the best expression for what God made me. And, and I, that's all I need to be. And so, you know, it takes a lot of pressure off and it also, I think, expands your vision of what you can really do in the world and the impact you can have. Yeah, that's good. How about you, Mark? I'll go to create Tim for the simple reason that, you know, Genesis starts out in the gun, God created 28 is, and we're created in the image and likeness, which means to me personally, you and I are here for two C's, to create, which is obviously I've created 309 books, but that's just one of the things I've done. I've done a lot of other stuff. And then number two is you're here to contribute. You're not here to be a taker. You're not here to be on welfare. You're not here to say, oh, the economy is bad or the boss is bad or the company's bad or whatever's bad. You're here to go out and say, hey, what is this new wonderfulness that I could go create? Because it's the best of times if you're awake to the best of the times. Excellent. Mark and Crystal, thank you so much for joining us and we will communicate again. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you, Tim. It has been a joy for us. It's been great. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening. I know that you were blessed by that episode. It was so phenomenal and it really helped us with this redefining success mission that we have. I do want you to just stay engaged with all that we're doing and and share these episodes just share these share these episodes with folks the best way to stay engaged is to subscribe so if you haven't subscribed already on the platform that you're listening to then please go subscribe and i just want to remind you that we are as as i'm recording this finishing up the anniversary the one year anniversary of seek go create and it's not too late for you to get involved with all that we're doing there. Just go to the website, seekgocreate.com. That's seekgocreate.com. And on the banner up top of the page, just put in your email address and then you will be part of this community and organization and we'll keep you updated. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for participating. This has been a phenomenal month. We had tremendous guests. You are a big part of all that we're doing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. And we will speak to you on the next episode of Seek, Go, Create.